0: everyone. And happy Thanksgiving. It's great to be gathered together this morning, whether we are together here in person or online. Welcome as well to those who are joining us through Facebook Live or watching later through YouTube. And uh, it is uh, great to be able to celebrate this time of Thanksgiving. The colors on the trees are absolutely gorgeous and Uh, We've enjoyed the Simcoe Fair as well, and it's uh, another fun tradition for us as a family. But uh, it's important as well to take time to gather together and to worship God. Let's open our time of service together in prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today, and our hearts are full of thanksgiving for your blessings. Would you bless us in this time together? Would your Spirit speak to us and move amongst us? And may your name be praised. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Good morning. Good morning. We're called to worship this morning is a responsive reading of Psalm 67. You'll read the part in yellow. May God be gracious to us and bless us, and make his face shine on us. May, may the peoples praise you, God. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. May the peoples praise you, God.
0: all the praise
1: The land yields its harvest. May God bless us still. First hymn this morning is number 790, We Gather Together. Please stand and sing.
0: come to our time of announcements this morning we have a couple of anniversaries this week bill and marguerite racher are going to be celebrating their anniversary on the 11th and 64 years and congratulations to marguerite and bill and duane and serena on the 13th are going to be celebrating 32 years of marriage and so congratulations to them as well this week we will continue on in our study on the sermon on the mount Uh, we've had a good time together and new people are always welcome to join us and that's at 10 o'clock in the morning on Thursday there's a busy weekend coming up and there are many events to be celebrated and enjoyed and so on Saturday from 2.30 till 5 there will be kind of an open house at the corner perk and that's at 101 Broadway for Dorothy Burns who just recently celebrated her 90th birthday and people are welcome to drop in and there will be refreshments and cake of course and uh, they're saying just best wishes only for her so her sons are putting that together and so that's coming up on Saturday on Sunday of course next week uh, please remember we do not have a morning service it will be in the afternoon at 2 30 p.m. and we're very excited to have Ken Fu from CBOQ who's going to be speaking And also the Clausens, Edward Clausen, who plays the Paraguayan harp, and his wife, Christine, playing piano. And so that's as we celebrate our our 181st anniversary at 2.30 next Sunday. On Monday, the Upper Deck, the Youth for Christ Center, has a banquet coming up, and that is going to be at 5.30 p.m. And they will be having the special guests Shane and Angela Weave. And they have come, and I actually think they were virtual before, where they performed for the virtual banquet that they had a couple of years ago. Uh, Interesting piece of information is that Shane actually competed in Canadian Idol. And uh, he didn't win, but he was still quite good. And so uh, tickets are $35, and they're available through the Upper Deck, or if you need to uh, have a connection for that, just speak to me, and I'll be happy to help you get connected with tickets. Please also note and uh, save the date for Saturday, November 5th from 10 till 2. We're going to have a Gifts and Passions Workshop. And this is just purely a teaser, a save the date. You'll hear more about that in days to come. But uh, it will be a great day together and it's open to everybody. And of course we remember the importance of our tithes and our offerings. It's our act of worship to God. And uh, we... Have different ways that we can do that. You can leave money in the plate. You can give through online through e-transfer. And this is another way that we worship the Lord our God. And so let us now give thanks to Him for our gifts, our tithes, and our offerings. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can give back to you out of that which you have blessed us with. Father, help us to be good stewards of all that you have blessed us with, and we pray for these gifts, these tithes, and offerings. Father, would you multiply them, and would you meet all of our needs? And Father, would you continue to help us to be your faithful witnesses here? In Jesus' name, amen. We're now going to sing a chorus that reflects the truth of thanksgiving, that God has blessed us in so many ways. We are so blessed. Please stand and join us in song. time of prayer there are a couple of names that are not on our list today that we want to be praying for Uh, scott's aunt shirley prance um, she has a fall and uh, she has a a shunt that is in her head and that's been damaged and she's gonna have to have probably have that replaced it sounds like and so she's having a really hard time now so please keep uh, scott's aunt shirley in your prayers Um, also uh, I was uh, informed this morning that Doug Dawson, who's the pastor of Open Arms, who's struggled with back pain and back issues for years, um, is having surgery coming up in Toronto on Tuesday. And so let's also remember Doug in our prayer. I did get in to visit Lloyd Anderson this week, which was good. Um, Lloyd still, um, his, his strength is still not what it should be. His appetite is not what it should be. But he has an appointment coming up on the 20th. And so he's hoping he'll have some assistance, and uh, he also would love to hear from any of you. so if you ever would like to give him a call, um, he's open to uh, some visits as well, so you just have to call and make sure he's up for that. But uh, he would love that too. So uh, it's good to see it was good to see him. Uh, my mother Evan, my mother-in-law Evelyn Kaye, I uh, stopped in for a brief visit because we used her driveways, our parking for the Simcoe Fair because she's nice and close, and so uh, she's coming along okay, Uh, but uh, we'd appreciate continued prayers for her as well. Are there any updates on anybody that we've been praying for, or do you have any praise items today that you would like to share? Yeah, there you go. Awesome, Phil. So, if you didn't hear that, uh, Phil had a surprise birthday party that was thrown for him with family and friends, and that's awesome. Very good. First one, eh? Only took 80 years to get a birthday party. That's not bad.
1: <laughs> oh, no, <thank> you. <laughs> oh gosh.
0: Uh, thank you. Let's go to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we come before you today, and we thank you that we can lift up together with our hearts united, the needs of our family and friends, of those around us. Father, we lift up Scott's Aunt Shirley and and pray that you would be with her and that she would get the care that she needs. Father, that uh, you would just give her your peace and comfort and your presence. Father, we lift up Doug Dawson as well and we are grateful to hear that he is going to get the surgery coming up on Tuesday. And pray that it would give him some much-needed relief. Father, be with the doctors and guide them as they do this work. Father, would you be the the one who is guiding all of them. May Doug feel an extra sense of your presence in this time. Father, we continue to lift up as well the people that we've been praying for. My mother-in-law, Evelyn, and, and the pain that she has been wrestling with and then lack of strength for Maddie and her challenges and Father we thank you that although she has had many dark days and they still come at times there are good days so we continue to pray for her Father that you would be with her and her family and you would make yourself real to, to Maddie and, and that she would be able to come through this period knowing you and loving you, that you would bring the answer to everything she needs. Father, we continue to pray for Wilson, and, and Father, I uh, was remiss to mention that uh, he has paradigms now and heart issues, and so, Father, we thank you that he was able to get into the hospital. We pray that uh, the medication that he's on would help and that you would be there to give him healing and that you would give him and Joan your peace Father, we continue to pray for June Chambers who struggles with pain. For Louise and also for Kim as they continue to battle cancer. Father, we lift up Angela Mutry and the strokes that she's had that you'd be with her and her husband Phil. Care for them. For Alma and Lloyd, Father, we also pray for them that you would be with them provide for their needs. And Father, for my friend Dave, with all his medical challenges that he has, that you would continue to be with him and, and care for him and provide for him. Be with him and Sandra. And Father, we lift up our sister churches as well to you today. First Baptist Simcoe and their pastor Daryl McGuire. And Green Hills Christian Fellowship York. Father, would you bless these churches May your truth shine forth from them. Father, be with us today. Help us to be present in the moment. May our hearts be open to what you would have to say to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're now going to sing another classic song, a great one for Thanksgiving. It reminds us that... We have been blessed and that we should count our blessings whenever we have a challenge that comes into our life to think about the good things that God has given to us. Let's stand and sing together. Count your blessings.
1: Scripture this morning is Matthew 13, verses 1 to 13. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand.
0: Thank you, Scott. Well, today we're going to continue on in our series on the kingdom of heaven. And I want to talk about growing conditions. But before we do that, I want to talk about groaning conditions. I hated math class. Math was the worst for me. It was just terrible. Some people have a math brain. I was not born with a math brain at all. Uh, It was just a struggle and a... Grade 9, I, I had the opportunity I, to take some advanced courses, and I'm like, I need to get math out of the way over the summer. Well, I failed that. Um, and so then I had to take it over, and I passed with, I don't know, like a 60-something. Then grade, grade 10 math, and this is advanced. We had advanced in general when I went to school. So I, with grade 10, I'm taking advanced math, because I'm thinking, I have to go to university to get a good education, so I'll take advanced math, grade 10, and I slid by with a 50%. Now, you know what a 50% is, right? That's when the teacher does not want to see you again, right? You didn't actually pass, but they just passed you to get rid of you. So, grade 11, I took it in first semester and I failed it, and then I took it over in, in second semester and I got like a 65, I think that was the highest advanced math level I ever achieved. And I said, I don't care what my future holds, I don't care what Courses I cannot take at university. I am not doing advanced math again. So grade 12, I took general level math. and It was amazing. It was a completely different thing. But I don't want to steal from the story. Advanced level math was something that I found very, very difficult to understand. The kingdom of heaven. Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven and sometimes when we open the bible and we look at that and we read about the kingdom of heaven we might have these images that are kind of nebulous about what the kingdom of heaven actually looks like is it is it a place where we play harps is it all these clouds and just floating around do we get wings what is the kingdom of heaven like other people have ideas about this this heavenly place some that are biblical and some that are maybe not so much but jesus as he taught his disciples to pray He taught them these words that are key as we understand the kingdom of heaven. That He said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what does it look like for us to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth? As Jesus was gathered, as Scott read for us, He gathered with people, and there were so many people around that he got out into a boat, and he sat in the boat near the shore, and he preached to the crowd, and he spoke in parables. (laughs) Gosh, and so even his disciples, they came to him and said, why do you speak to the people in parables? Because they were confusing to the disciples too. Maybe some of you feel the same way about parables that I felt about my math advanced level classes. You're like, I don't get it. Uh, I just, just don't understand why would he do that? Why doesn't Jesus make it easy to understand? You know, when we want God's will, when we want to understand God, why doesn't he just write it in the sky, whatever he wants us to know, and then it would be easy. We'd be like, oh, look, there it is. God doesn't seem to do that. And so Jesus had a specific answer for his disciples. He said the knowledge of the secrets. And the kingdom of heaven has been given to you. And as his disciples, it's been given to us too. He said, but not to them. Maybe that's something that makes you wonder why. Why would he not give it to everybody? Isn't the kingdom of heaven for everyone? Well, well, no, it's not. Contrary to the, what our culture would tell us about what religion should be like, the kingdom of heaven is actually not for everyone some people think that the kingdom of heaven admission test should look kind of like this are you ready (laughs) you got a pulse you're in (laughs) that's not the way god operates god wants us to want him god wants us to seek him he says i want you to seek me that's the whole point when jesus was speaking in parables is that it was for those who had a desire to actually know God and back then just like today there are those who won't speak of God won't hear the things of God won't see the things of God well, why a parable why would we use a parable as opposed to a different way of teaching well a parable has three purposes they are targeted They have a specific audience when jesus is speaking about a parable he's speaking about specific people and two specific people a parable has elements that are relatable in it it's not like it's a completely alien idea completely different unknown ideas there's something there that you go okay i get those parts of it like in our story today that we're going to look at our parable All of the parables had something that people in Jesus' day could relate to. And it's spiritual. There's a spiritual message that is the undercurrent of all of this. See, a parable uses familiar imagery. And so when we hear a parable, we need to start with the question. What do we recognize? What do we recognize in the story? Secondarily, a parable teaches a spiritual truth. So, we need to ask questions like, what is this story really about? If we look at the parable that we're looking at today, we're going to see that there's a story that sort of sits by itself, but there's something else Jesus is saying. So, when we come to a parable, we need to bring these questions Who are the people that it's about and for? What are the parallels that Jesus is providing? And what is the point? So in other words, what do all of these things represent? When we look at the parable, we need to ask ourselves, what questions come to mind? What questions come to mind? And what is the spiritual reality? And finally, a parable prompts a response. If you hear the parable and you just walk away, then you've missed the point. A parable prompts a response. And so the question is, how should we respond when we hear a parable obviously not like many of the people of jesus day not like many of the people of our day that that don't want it to be spoken of won't listen to it and certainly don't want to look and see what god might be saying to them so let's take a look at a parable today Uh, oh sorry before we do that uh, let's take a look at matthew 13 14 to 15 as to why Jesus says also the importance of parables the function of parables just a little side note if you happen to be in Mark 13 you're going to be completely lost as I found out All right, Matthew 13 verses 14 to 15 this is what Jesus said In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. This was the problem in Jesus' day, and strangely enough, it's not changed much in our day either. That people have chosen not to listen. So what about a parable? Let's take a look at the parable that's found in Matthew 13, verses 18 to 23. Jesus explains the parable of the sower. Listen to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. Since they have no root, they last only a short while. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. The seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears it and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. You know, We read the story of the or we first hear the parable, it just sounds like Joe had a good day with farming. And in the normal day with farming, like Joe was out and he was scattering seed, and, and some landed on the path, and the birds ate it up, and, and some landed in the rocky soil, and stuff sprung up, but then it died. And others, one, they got amongst some weeds, and the weeds killed them off. And then other ones, he had a crop. Huh. okay, that's interesting. What is the story really about? And that's where we get into these parable questions that help us to understand who are the people, what are the parallels, and what's the point. So I said that a parable uses familiar imagery. So what do we recognize? What are the things that are familiar to us in this story? What do we have? Planting crops. Okay, using what? What? seed right probably most of us don't scatter seed unless we're reseeding our lawn maybe right you might scatter seed then but the rest of the time we we're a little more intentional about it we have seed what questions come to mind need rain okay how about what is the seed too you know when we first hear the parable the way when scott read it you might be wondering what's the seed you know there's a point that jesus is saying what is that point what is the seed well jesus tells us that the seed is the message about the kingdom or in mark and luke he says it's the word now another question that comes to mind for me is who's the farmer who's scattering the seed Hmm. maybe that's a question we haven't stopped to reflect about who is scattering the seed who's the one that's scattering seed is it jesus scattering the seed well in that time absolutely it was Jesus Jesus was, was the one scattering the seed okay next question what's needed for growth for growing conditions as Phil mentioned we need Sun pretty normal right we need Sun we need Sun to make things grow if it's in the darkness only evil things like mushrooms grow there. Don't eat them; bad for you. They grow in fungus, and they grow—they are fungus. Why would people eat fungus? Don't ask Beth; she and I have different opinions on this. You need sun. You need saturation. Right? In other words, you need rain. You need the right amount of rain too. Don't you? Too little, and the crops won't grow properly. Too much and stuff gets washed away in monsoon. You need it at the right times, apparently, too. Isn't it funny having some guy from the city tell you all about farming stuff? A little ironic, I know. But I know this much. You need the right amounts at the right time. Interestingly enough, scriptures tell us this. Jesus said that he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. He sends the right amounts at the right time. Interesting. Well, if we stop and think about that with the gospel and the sower, you know, it's, it's a really good parallel. Because God isn't saying, well, you know, I like you, so I'll give you a seed. I like you, so I'll give you a seed. I like you, so I'll give you a seed. I like you, so I'll give you a seed. He's spreading the seed. Jesus didn't go and specifically just talk to only certain people. He kept going because he said, I need to talk to these people too, and these people, and these people, and these people. And he spread the seed of the word to everybody. Everybody had the conditions available to them to grow that seed. The growing conditions take sun and saturation, but you need the right soil, don't you? I was very interested to note that we live in Norfolk County and therefore that has sandy soil, and so some things grow better there than in Scarborough clay. Scarborough clay is not good for much of anything. Uh, It is terrible to work with, Um, it is terrible to pull plants out of. I still remember my mom when she was cleaning out the garden and the big tomato plants that actually had grown, um, because they liked the acidity of it, but trying to yank the plants out afterwards, was uh, and she fell over, and my poor mom. It was, it was a hard job to grow a garden in Scarborough Place. You need the right soil. And in the parable that Jesus gives us, there is hard soil, isn't there? That's the path. The place is well-worn. If you go along the edge of a field, sometimes you'll have a path, won't you? Well, back in Jesus' day, all of the fields had paths along them where people would walk. And everything would get hard-packed down. And if seed fell on there, well, then the birds would get to it before there was any opportunity for that to take root. Those paths, over time, became roads. Good luck at growing things in there. I mean, sometimes dandelions will grow up through there, right? Nothing can stop a dandelion, but, but honestly, most plants are not going to grow on a road. It is a hard-packed surface for a purpose. That's what we want, right? That's why we put the roads down, why we pave them, because it's very inconvenient to have to drive through weeds all the time. One soil, it's like that. It's covered. It's hard-packed. The second one is shallow. I don't know if you've been up north, but sometimes you can see there's a lot of rock up north, and it'll have a little bit of soil on it, and maybe that'll be enough for a flower to grow up. But they don't get very good roots, do they? Often the flowers only seem to last in when they're shaded, protected areas. If there's any area where there is not a good soil, a strong wind comes eventually and just Knocks the trees over because they don't have enough soil to go deep. They go across. They're not deep. Then there's weedy soil. If you want, I should have just taken a picture of our garden. <laughs> uh, we planted some things. we even put a little fence around part of it with some chicken wire to keep the rabbits out of some of the plants. But the problem was it didn't keep the weeds out of it and it was tough to get it taking the weeds out and, yeah. You plant the good stuff, but then the weeds come up and they choke it all out. We put it in a new patch at the side of our garage, planted lettuce there, and the crabgrass took over the lettuce. Like, it just wiped most of it out. But That's not Jesus' point. Jesus isn't teaching about agriculture. So what do they represent? Each one of them represent the hearts of the people. The ability of the gospel to penetrate into their hearts. What is the spiritual reality? Is that some people's hearts are like a hard paved road. The gospel is spread freely. It never penetrated. Satan came along and and stole that before I had a chance to, to go any deeper. Because people have hardened hearts. Some people, they're they're shallow in their spirituality. They hear about Jesus. They think he's great. Look at all the good stuff. I love the good stuff about church. I love all the good things. I love all the fun. But when the hard times come, there was no death. And they fade away. Probably all of us know people who have faded away. third soil, where the plant grows. People come to faith. They have a strong and vibrant faith. But then they start to put their faith in other things, in wealth, which is deceitful. They're worried about whether they're going to have enough instead of trusting in the one who gives it all. And they grow up like thorns. And they choke out the face of these people. How should we respond? That's the question. How should we respond? I'll ask you a different question. How did you respond? Is it about us? You stop to think about this personally. How receptive have you been? Have you allowed Jesus to plant his word in good soil in you? Maybe there's some things today that you know that you need to work on. You need to cultivate that soil. You need to take out the rocks or the weeds. You need to break up the ground maybe and allow Jesus to work. I have another question for you. What if Jesus was saying something else too? See, Jesus wasn't alone. He was there with his disciples that day, and he was teaching his disciples. Jesus had gone out, and he had spread the word, the gospel, to all these people. But he also sent his disciples to go out and spread the word to all a whole bunch of people. And who else are his disciples? Oh, wait, yeah, we are. You are the sower maybe there's something else that Jesus is saying here because if you're like most Christians at some point you've tried to share your faith you've tried to spread some seed around and you've encountered different soil maybe it, maybe it's gone well sometimes but maybe more often than not it hasn't maybe you've had challenging times Maybe you haven't had the results you'd hoped for. So here's what I want to encourage you with today. First of all, don't be distressed. Jesus knows what it's like to throw seed, to spread the word, and have it just hit hard ground. Some people will be like that. I think that's what Jesus is also saying in this go- or in this message in this parable is that when you throw the seed, some people will not respond. It's okay. It's not up to you how they respond. Two, don't be discouraged. Some people, you may throw the seed, and they seem really excited about it at first. They seem to really be interested in the things of church. Maybe they come out and check it out even. Then it doesn't last. And it's easy to be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. It's your job to throw the seed, not to make it happen. Don't be discouraged. Third, don't be distracted. Sometimes when we see somebody else, we've, we've thrown our seed and they've grown and they've, they've accepted that. But suddenly the things of this world have come into their life and they're they're preoccupied with all of that. It's not our job to grab the thistles with our hands and yank them out in their lives. It's not up to us to do all the weeding. It's up to us to throw the seed. And fourth, don't be dissuaded. Don't be dissuaded. Sometimes when you have those results where you're throwing seed and the birds take off of it, you throw some seed and it starts to grow, but then it dies. I mean, a lot of the things I try to grow die. Um, but, and then you throw some seed and then all these weeds grow up and it's unproductive. But these, this isn't gardening we're talking about anymore. It's people of faith. Maybe we feel like giving up. Maybe I should stop throwing seed. Maybe maybe it doesn't matter. Don't be dissuaded. Keep throwing seed. Because God has a harvest in mind. And you will find soil. And it will grow. And it will replicate. I have to say, I haven't led a lot of people to the Lord myself. I haven't had that privilege a lot of times, a few times. One of the people is my buddy Bob. And he is one of the most fantastic creatures. One of the people that has the most gifted, gorgeous heart. And he has brought people to faith. And there may be others that I'm just not aware of. Keep throwing the seed. Keep throwing the seed. God will make it grow where it's meant to grow. Don't worry about the results. Sow the word. So remember what Jesus said. The seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. In reflection, I also want to share what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3, verses 6 to 9. It's a great reminder. You See, sometimes I think that we not only want to sow the seed, we want to make sure that we're controlling the sun and the rain, too. It's not our job. Here's what Paul said. 1 Corinthians 3, starting at verse 6. I planted the seed. Apollos watered it. But God has been making it grow. For neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field and God's building. Sow the word, and God will make it grow. And let's leave the harvest up to him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time of thanksgiving where we can be reminded that you make things grow. We also confess it is very hard. When we share how much you mean to us, when we share your good news, and sometimes it lands in hardened ground, there's no reception. It is hard where there are times where it lands somewhere, and we see some interest from in the people, and we think that there's some, such great potential there, but then it doesn't last, and they fade away. And the others, Father, that we have have been to church with, have shown faith, but the deceitfulness of wealth. The worries of this life have choked that out. Father, here and now, we do once again lift those people to you because they are precious to us. Father, would you soften their hearts? Would you deepen the soil? Father, would you help them to take the weeds out of their lives so they can become good soil for you? Father, help us also to remember that you have a harvest in store. That there is good soil. So help us not to give up sowing the word. And our actions, and pointing them to you. Thank you so much for your incredible love. Thank you for the seed that you have sown in our hearts. And the way it will flourish and continue to flourish. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our final hymn together we're going to sing is Come Ye Thankful People, Come. It's a reminder of the harvest that is not just of the the fields, but the harvest of the souls too. Let's stand and sing together. the sower. You have been called to go and spread the seed, the good news of the kingdom, to invite people into the kingdom of heaven. And so don't be discouraged. Continue to sow the seed. That others may come to know Jesus, and that they too may sow the seed, and that we may have a bountiful harvest together. And what a happy Thanksgiving we will have when we are all together gathered with our Lord in his presence. And so go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.